0: from Webster's Integrity, the quality of being complete, unbroken condition, entirety. A wild patience has taken me this far, as if I had to bring to shore a boat with a spasmodic outboard motor, old sweaters, nets, spray mottled books tossed in the prow, some kind of sun burning my shoulder blades, splashing the oarlocks, burning through. Your forearms can get scalded, licked with pain, in a sun blotted like unspoken anger, behind a casual mist. <clears throat> the length of daylight this far north, in this 49th year of my life is critical the light is critical of me of this long dreamed involuntary landing on the arm of an island of an inland sea the glitter of the shoal depleting into shadow I recognize the stand of pines violet black really green in the old postcard But really, I have nothing but myself to go by. Nothing stands in the realm of pure necessity except what my hands can hold. Nothing but myself? Myselves. After so long, this answer. As if I had always known, I steer the boat in simply The motor dying on the pebbles, cicadas taking up the hum, dropped in the silence. Anger and tenderness, my selves. And now I can believe they breathe in me as angels, not polarities. Anger and tenderness, the spider's genius to spin and weave in the same action from her own body, anywhere, even from a broken web. The cabin in the stand of pines is still for sale. I know this. Know the print of the last foot, the hand that slammed and locked the door, then stopped to wreathe the rain-smashed clematis back on the trellis for no one's sake except its own. I know the chart nailed to the wall boards, the icy kettle squatting on the burner. The hands that hammered in those nails emptied the kettle that one last time are these two hands, and they have caught the baby leaping from between trembling legs, and they have worked the vacuum aspirator and stroked the sweated temples and steered the boat there through this hot, misblotted sunlight, critical light, imperceptibly scalding the skin, these hands will also salve.
1: When I was young, my mother would often let us know that we were taking too long Too much time for her comfort, when in response to our insistence that we were coming, she would respond, so's Christmas. (laughs) We couldn't exactly argue with her logic. Even in January, Christmas is coming eventually. Of course, as children, it seemed beyond the pale to remind us just how far off our favorite holiday was. As an adult, though, it's good to know that Christmas is coming. Whatever we do or do not do, it will be here. The joy, the love, the hope for peace, the real meaning of this season will be with us in due time. It occurs to me that my mother's response served not only to hurry her sloth-like sons, but to remind herself to cultivate patience. In dealing with us, patience is a virtue most appropriate to reflect upon during the season of Advent. So, what are you waiting for this Advent? What do you need to find a way to just let happen in its own times, in its own terms, on this December day? How do you muster the hope to know that it's coming? How do you deal with the anticipation? How do you gather the patience to wait for it? Please tell me, because patience, you see, is not one of my strong suits. Those of you who've had the chance to get to know me have probably figured out that I am not always the most patient of people. When I was younger, I thought maybe it was a symptom of youth, the impatience that comes with not knowing better. As I age, I find that to be only partially true. There's still a nagging impatience seething at my core. It's an ongoing spiritual challenge for me, which is why I, of course, am called to preach about it. One of my recommendation letters for the Ministerial Fellowship Committee, that committee that decides whether candidates are admitted to good standing as ministers in our denomination, even noted that this was one of my challenges. It said, I don't suffer fools gladly, and went on to say how much of a challenge that might be in any ministry that I one day take (laughs) up. My final letter from that committee received this fall, the one that made that good standing permanent, counseled me to always be patient as a leader in this congregation, to pay attention to the anxieties caused by growth And to remember that my vision for the future is only that, unless we work together to make a shared vision into reality. It's good for me to remember that I am not by nature a patient person. It's good for me to be reminded from time to time that I must work hard to cultivate patience in my life and in my ministry. And Advent is a really good time to remember the virtue of waiting. And yet, these days, it seems like I'm running into more and more things that try my patience, and not fewer and fewer of them as it should be. A year ago this week, a year ago this very week, the New York State Senate rejected marriage equality legislation. Marriage equality will come, I am told. Just wait. And so I ask, how long must I wait to have my civil rights recognized in the state where I live? I have friends, colleagues and friends who are serving in the United States Armed Forces, people who are serving our country with honor, who have to hide something about themselves. Because if they were to let anyone know that they were gay or lesbian or bisexual, they would be kicked out of the military. They would be discharged dishonorably and their calling to serve our nation would be brought to an end. They are bravely serving our nation, and they are told again and again that the don't ask, don't tell rule that keeps them silent, it'll be overturned someday. Just wait. How long do they have to wait to live with integrity? Lawmakers from both parties have, for many years, been promising legislation to create fairer systems for immigration in this country. The DREAM Act, which would allow undocumented people brought into this country as children a path to citizenship through military service or higher education, is a major priority, so say the legislative leaders. And yet it remains without a vote in the United States Senate. And so I ask, how long must these young people who had no choice in whether to come to this country or not, who have never known another home other than this one, wait for our government to open a door for them so that they don't have to live every day in the fear of being deported to a nation they have never known. Just wait, they're told. It'll happen. We'll pass this bill eventually. But in the meantime, dozens are deported with each passing week. For the last couple of years, this congregation and UU congregations all over our country have been studying ethical eating. We've studied the food system that exists in this country and understood that food that does not harm our planet is unaffordable to many people in our society. Factory farms and pesticides and herbicides and agribusiness and government have come together to make the cheap food the stuff that's killing our planet. Incinerators, chemical refineries, and polluting industries are routinely sited in poor neighborhoods, and our government does not have the power to regulate that. Green Faith, an interfaith environmental justice organization in New Jersey, says that the state's largest, that's New Jersey's largest garbage incinerator, is located a half a mile away from two low-income federal housing complexes and adjacent to two of the community's poorest census tracts with 8,000 people living in them. The facility burns 2,800 tons of waste every day and spews particulates and chemicals into the air, particulates and chemicals that come from burning garbage produced in New York City. It's been in violation of the Clean Air Act for the last six years And the people in that community are told just wait eventually we'll get around to making them comply but in the meantime they're dying from asthma every day it's hard to muster patience when your civil rights or the rights of those you know and love and care about are on the line it's hard to muster patience when you see People being treated badly, when you see people dying from the pollution in their air, it's hard to muster patience when lawmakers fail again and again to have the courage to pass even simple legislation to address the ills of our society. It's hard to keep repeating to myself over and over again Theodore Parker's assertion from so long ago that the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. That quote has long been a mantra of mine. I even named my blog the arc of the universe. And yet with each passing election, with every legislative session, with each disappointing vote, it becomes harder to say, harder to believe, harder to even force myself to think about. And yet, with every vote, it becomes more important to keep saying. It becomes more important to remind myself of the essential truth in that statement. It's as if I am breathing necessary oxygen on an ember of hope burning within me, keeping it glowing so that one day it might burst into flame. And so, I practice patience. Marriage equality is coming. Comprehensive immigration reform is coming. Environmental justice is coming. So is Christmas. (laughs) Priest and theologian Henry Nouwen writes of the waiting, described in the Christmas story, It impresses me that all the figures who appear on the first pages of Luke's gospel are waiting. Zechariah and Elizabeth are waiting. Mary is waiting. Simeon and Anna, who were at the temple when Jesus was brought in, are waiting. The whole opening scene of the good news, Nowen writes, is filled with waiting people. He counsels us that waiting is a spiritual discipline, a discipline of cultivating hope for the future, of understanding the promise that lies ahead. He says that it's an active discipline, not a passive one. The secret of waiting, he writes, is the faith that the seed has been planted, that something has begun. Now when counsels patience, presence, practice, and perseverance. Most of all, though, he counsels faith that what you are waiting for will come to pass. The moral arc of the universe is bending towards justice. Justice is coming. So is Christmas. And then it hit me. That very first Christmas that one told about in the Christian scriptures didn't happen because there were people waiting for it. It's not like Jesus got off a plane and met his followers at baggage claim. Mary, I would imagine, had to push, probably pretty hard, given that it was her firstborn son entering the world in that manger. And in those days before epidurals and Lamaze, I bet it hurt a lot. And sweaty from the pain of seemingly endless contractions, with bits of straw sticking to her skin and camels licking her forehead, I bet she screamed out more than once, God, I am never letting you touch me again. <laughs> and there, holding her hand and reminding her to breathe, was Joseph, dipping the hem of his robe into the bucket of water and wiping down her spread, sweaty brow making sure there was a clean place amidst the farm animals to lay the baby down. Maybe a midwife crouched between Mary's legs, coaching her through the contractions, the pushing, and the breathing, helping that newborn baby into the world. Yes, that first Christmas must have taken a lot of work. The poet, Audrian Rich, writes, a wild patience has taken me this far as if i had to bring to shore a boat with a spasmodic outboard motor old sweaters nets spray-mottled books tossed in the prow some kind of sun burning my shoulder blades and so it is i realize that what needs to be cultivated is not mere patience but wild patience A wild patience that knows when it's time to wait and when it's time to act. A wild patience that sits sometimes spreading healing balm on burned skin and gets up sometimes to build, to work, to do. A wild patience that knows the difference between faith and resignation, that keeps the ember glowing amidst the howling storm that steers that boat towards the shores of tomorrow. Yes, hope is here. Peace is coming. Love is coming. And so is Christmas. They all require patience. They all require waiting and breathing. They require letting things Go, and they all, every one of them, require hard work. May we find in ourselves both the patience to wait and the impatience to do what must be done. This season of Advent and in the new year about to dawn, let us be wildly patient together. Blessed be.